The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight. A very good morning. Thanks for joining me. It's Darshan Mudley on The Forum at 8 today. We've seen residents of Kutsung resorting to violence. They're saying they were not being listened to and are living in fear. By killing six alleged gang members, the residents were quoted as saying that they were doing the job that the police should have done, which would allow them as residents to walk safely on their own streets. Onlookers say in many cases, acts of vigilantism are the expression of frustration and anger at the apparent impunity of criminals from being arrested, prosecuted and sentenced. I'll also add to that fear. Gauteng and the Western Cape hardest hit with this issue. I saw on the, the forum today today, we're asking, why can't we do away with mob justice? Right now, I'm joined by the brother of Akona Kumalo. He's a, a 24-year-old man who was killed at Kutsung this week, uh, last weekend, beaten and burnt alive for his alleged gang involvement. I'm joined by his brother, Desmond Methlaw. Very good morning to you. Thank you for your time. Hello. Desmond, thank you very much for joining us and our condolences. Uh, how, how is the family coping? Okay, it's very bad. Everyone is in pain. Mm. Tell me about the gangs in Kutsung. Uh, There's a a number of them, the the, the Marikana, the Casanovas, the Vandals, uh, the Creatures. We've even heard of the Delta Force. So tell me about the gangs. How do they operate? Um, I'm not sure about the the gangs, but all I know know that there's a gang, there's a Vandalism, there's a Casanovas and the Creatures. But uh, I don't know how they operate. Mm. How, how are you fighting the gangsters? Um, the gangsters fight the police. Mm. And how was some, if, if there's something that happening, just call the, the police. Mm. Why was your brother killed? Um, I really don't know because he wasn't found in a position with the stolen goods or robbing somebody or breaking their houses. He just get my brother with his friend and they they, they beat him up and kill him. And and what was your father doing at the time, Simon Kamalo? Um, that time was uh, with the community, they patrolling on the location, the other side of the location. Hmm. So he he was part of a group that was going out to look for yeah. justice. Yeah, every man, every man was a part of the of the gang, including hmm. myself. Hmm. Do Do you regret joining those gangs? I, I mean, going out and seeking justice as part of a group. Me. Yeah, do you regret joining? Yeah, I really regret because I think it's to take your, your law into your hands. Hmm. Oh, what, what, do you think it's changed anything by going out as part of the mob and, and seeking justice, targeting these criminals, uh, alleged criminals in the community? Has, has it changed anything for life for you in, in the community of Kutsung? No, it's just bringing the pain to the community. It doesn't change anything because we still have the criminals in the community even now. What do you say about policing? Are, are the police effective? Um, uh, what is bad about the about the police when you when they something wrong, they take too long to come at you if you phone the police. Has anything changed? They're now? taking too long to respond. Now I see, I see, I see nothing. Yeah, the police is better now. Like uh, last of last week Sunday, it's a bit quiet. And the police are doing more, or has nothing changed in terms yeah, of police the, action? The, the police are. Be- the, po- the police are doing better now because I can see there are a lot of uh, events patrolling on the location. Uh, uh, Desmond, if you mind me asking, what, what are you doing in terms of funeral preparations for your brother? 
I'm, uh, I'm already prepared for the funeral for this week on a Saturday. Because we're going to bury my brother in Gabon. So I'm moving here on that Thursday. My mother is moving today. My father is already in, in Gabon. Desmond, my condolences and the condolences of everyone here at uh, AM Live, and I'm sure the listeners as well. Uh, Desmond Mechlo, thank you for joining us on the line. The brother of Akona Kumalo. Uh, Akona was killed uh, last week, Sunday. He was a 24-year-old, Desmond's brother, and he was killed in Kutsung, allegedly because he was involved in gang activity. But it was not proven. This was just mob justice acting out against someone who they accused of being involved in the gangs and uh, a number of gangs in, in Kutsung that operate in the area. But uh, as you heard there from Desmond, he, he regrets being involved in the mobs who were going out to seek justice. And him and his father, who had been doing so uh, on that fateful Sunday, did not know that uh, their brother and son was uh, was being targeted in this. Uh, he's currently preparing for the funeral of Akona uh, Komalo. Well, let's talk to to my guests and get an understanding of. Now that we have a sense of how this happens, let's let's get an understanding of why and what we can do to perhaps change the situation. I, I was reading Johnny Steinberg's article on this, an Oxford lecturer and, and a South African who writes quite a bit about violence in South Africa, and he says what we fail to do is really understand the problem. We we point fingers at the police, and perhaps they're easy to blame in this. But what is it that we want police to do? And that's part of why we're asking this question today. Why can't we do away with mob justice? So let's get to that. Uh, let me introduce my guests. Joining me on the line is Emmanuel Maravanyika, lecturer in criminology and criminal justice at Monash University, and uh, Joel Bregman of the Social Justice Coalition. Uh, thanks for, so much uh, for joining us, Emmanuel. Appreciate your time. Yes, morning, Dashen, and morning to the listeners. So uh, help us understand this. Why do we turn to mob justice? And uh, do you have any experience of, of, of witnessing any of this? Um, well, no, personally, I don't have any experience. Um, my view on this is more from the academic perspective. I teach on this. This is what I lecture. Mm. Um, mob justice uh, can be explained um, as a situation where a crowd or group of people um, take the law into their own hands. Um, so in other words, they act as the accusers, as the so-called prosecutors, they act as the judge, and they also inflict the punishment, um, as would a normal criminal justice system, um, on the alleged uh, criminal, um, and usually on the spot. It's very swift, it's v- very quick, lacks a lot of uh, pres- um, the usual procedures that we go through. Now, this, uh, I've put in quotes, procedure, um, often ends up with um, the victim being beaten um, and usually seriously injured or, in most cases, uh, killed or beaten to death. Um, so, And also, the victim is not always um, an alleged criminal in the literal sense of the word, but to some degree may be um, a social outcast um, of some sorts. Um, for example, individuals known or individuals suspected to be informants within communities. We know during the apartheid era, for example, um, those who were deemed as informants, MPs, anti-revolutionaries mm-hmm. were subject to mob justice. And not because they were criminals, not because they violated laws, but they were seen as supporters of an unjust system. So therefore, um, mob justice basically involves individuals or groups operating outside the uh, frameworks of the formal and officially recognized uh, structures um, of justice. 
And for various reasons um, pertaining to the criminal justice system, you know the criminal justice system is your police, it's your criminal courts, and it's also your correctional services. So their perceptions of failures um, of those three role players, um, each respectively in their own right. Well, let's, um, talk, let's, let's talk specifically about the police, because much of the accusations in the media from the community, and we'll, we'll talk to a community neighborhood watch spokesperson now, but uh, much of the allegations are against the police, against their inefficiency. Zaki Ahmed from the Social Justice Coalition even said the DNA of the police force hasn't changed. He, in fact, likens the police force of today worse than that of the apartheid police uh, force. Uh, while, while I'm not really too convinced by, by the fact that there hasn't been any change, according to him, it, you know, it, it, it speaks to a very similar argument to those who say, oh, Bantu education was better than the current education system. I still believe that it's, that it's changed radically and vastly. Whether it's delivering on the promises is, is, is the question. I, I'm convinced that it has changed, though. Yes. Um, that is a difficult one to answer, but yes, the police has changed. Um, there have been radical changes um, uh, in, in the South African police services. Uh, certainly, they are, despite us being now, what, in 2013, mm. it's still undergoing a lot of transformation. Um, there, and transformation not only sort of um, moving away from the past, but also even in the new democratic era where there have been changes, some of those, those changes have brought about their own problems. Well, we, uh, did, we did invite Natim Tatwa, the Minister of the Police, to join us on the show because I think this involves three elements, not just the people and, and, and the party, perhaps, or government, but really it also involves the police. And so we need to discuss those three elements. Minister Natim Tatwa sitting in a very interesting position, both within the ANC and uh, Minister of Police. So we wanted to talk to him about this issue. Hopefully he's listening and can give us a call today, but we were told they're not available to, to join us today. But if they are, we'd love to hear from them. Zaki Ahmed blaming the DNA of the police force for not having changing, and he's saying this is still about what the apartheid police were about, which is a survival of a bureaucracy, and they're, they're fighting to do so. Um, yes, but let, let us be fair to the police, because um, remember, we're dealing with a criminal justice system. The police are not the only ones mm. in, um, in, the police, in the criminal justice system. Yes, I agree with you. Most people encounter the criminal justice system through interaction with the police. Lesser of us interact with the criminal justice system through the courts and far lesser through the correctional services. So, yes, the police become the face of the criminal justice system here in South Africa. And, indeed, I do agree with you, there are quite a number of problems with the police. But I would go so far as to say problems are with relations between the communities, generally communities, everyone in South Africa, and the police, and communities, and the criminal courts. Police and the courts. Well, I disagree with Zaki Ahmed. I think it's quite easy for us to blame the police here, and it just speaks to more of that rhetoric that we often blame the politicians for. Here, Zaki Ahmed almost, almost you know, filling in on that rhetoric by, by likening the police to the apartheid police. I, I'm interested in more of what Johnny Steinberg would say. Where is the attempt to understand? And I think that's why we're discussing this today. Let, let's go to Kutsung now, as a Community neighborhood, uh, neighborhood Watch spokesperson Simon Mapello joins me on the line. Simon, good morning. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Simon. I'm, I'm good this morning. T tell me about your community of, of Kutsung, and, and tell me about the gangs. I want, I want to know about the gangs there this morning. Yes. Yeah. Firstly, I will begin with this, this part of the gangs. Eh? Those gangs, eh? they are minor boys. I can say including those guys, because I used to see them sometimes when I went to the, uh, to the main Kutsung. 
Kutsun, not because for now I, I mean Kutsun South, ne? Mm. The uprising Kutsun, yeah. Those guys, they are minor boys, say, and then they've been doing this, ne? In terms of expressing their powers, uh, because they've been, they are using Mutu for doing these things. Just like you know that, uh, the Ayimianga is dead, ne? So what, what no, the, I don't know. Do, do the police not arrest them? Do the police not arrest these? Yes, you you say they're young yeah. minor boys, so under eighteen years old. Don't the police arrest them for for committing these acts of of rape and and violence and theft and burglary and stabbings and and murder? Yeah, they've been arrested me, and then been released under the custody of their parents, and I that that's what that's what makes us angry because they've got lots of cases, even if they are young. Those boys, they've got lots of cases, and there are facilities that can keep those boys out of these things. They can take them to Busasa, then to do their sentence there, then after that they can go straight to prison. Now our justice, I blame our justice and their parents, because they have to play a major role in that one. So what would you like the police to do, Simon? How would you like them to respond? Okay, you know what, they... They have to deal with this issue. When they arrest these boys, they, they don't have to let them out of prison eh, in custody of their parents. They have to go straight to Busasa. They've got Busasa there to do their sentence there. Then after that, they can go to jail because they don't deserve to be in the community. Simon, thank you for joining us, Simon. Because they are, killing, they are killing people and raping some people. Because some of them, they maybe... They don't, we, we've got maybe three days, two days, somebody's there, there, they've removed their part, their body parts, you see those things, mm. and the police, they don't do anything, they just release them in the, in the custody of their parents. Okay, Sim- Simon, stay, like stay on the line, Simon. Simon Mapello, stay on the line. Okay. I, I want you to hear what, yeah. our, what our guests are going to say on this, and, and let's see if they can assist your community in, in helping you identify the problem and solving it, because perhaps mob justice is not the solution, and, well, I, I guess it's not. That's what we're saying on the show, but how, how do we address that problem of, of mob justice? Uh, joining me on the line once again, Emmanuel Maravarinika, the lecturer in criminology and criminal justice at Monash University. Emmanuel, you heard what Simon had to say there. It's, a, it's about the police releasing these young, these young people, minors he calls them, who are committing these acts of, of criminality. Here's the problem. It's, it's the Child Justice Act. And, 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 young, and police officers in Kutsung, who may not be very well trained, think the Child Justice Act enables children to commit acts of violence and then be released into custody of their parents. That, that shouldn't be the case. No, that, sh- uh, that um, actually isn't the case. Um, when children are released into the custody of their parents, um, that is in line with the, with the provisions of the uh, Child Justice Act. And not only the Child Justice Act, but also uh, there's also the Children's Act. Uh, these are acts mm. that work concurrently together. So, yes, Simon mentioned uh, Bosasa, which is one of many uh, child and youth care centers, uh, which can also be used as a place of uh, rehabilitation and reform. It can be used as a place of safety. It can be used um, um, as a place of sentencing where children are, who are in conflict with the law uh, are sent to f- uh, for these specific purposes. So there is legislation for that. But the, uh, the argument I have here is that if you're committing, or a- at least alleged, accused of committing an act of murder or rape or some grievous bodily harm, you're not supposed to be released. The, the police have the capacity to then hold you, but it's the lack of training of police officers in how the Child Justice Act actually works. 
Yes, part of it is lack of training in um, how um, the Child Justice Act operates, uh, but also part of it, um, remember, the uh, National Prosecuting Authority also plays a role in this, in that they also can recommend um, that an individual, uh, uh, depending on their age, depending on the nature of the crime committed, depending on uh, their place of residence, except there are quite a number of factors that are taken into, co- into consideration. It's not just the police. The, this is why earlier on I did say we, as members of the public, our interaction with the criminal justice system is only the police. We don't know that the police do work with other role players in the criminal justice system. So it is a bit unfair to squarely put the blame on the police, but I do agree with you in, in many aspects, especially of the Child Justice Act. It's a fairly new act. It only came out in 2008. Many, pe- many practitioners are struggling with this particular act, and many mistakes are made in terms of uh, perhaps wrongly uh, releasing children, um, etc. Yes, a lot of training is required in that regard. But I think, in fairness, let's not squarely place this at the feet of the police alone. Well, as I said earlier on, it's quite easy for us to blame the yeah. police, and, and I'd love to get their response on the show. Uh, we did invite Minister Natim Tetwa, uh, even his spokesperson, Zwelim Nisi, onto the show too, to answer some of these questions. But of course, it is, a, as you say, a broader problem in society. It's this normalization of violence, and perhaps we can talk about that, the frustration and the anger that we've seen in communities. Uh, and even what Tuli Madansela has said uh, most recently, she she was saying that you know communities are are kind of getting the impression that if we start a fire, they will come. And, and right. this idea of of getting noticed in an in an economy in a in a nation where the more and more violent you are, the more and more attention we pay to you. Even the media can be accused of that. The more gory and violent images that we even see on the front page of newspapers, uh, it's going to be a topic that we'll be discussing uh, on the forum today. The sensationalization of the news. But let, let's return to this, and I want to invite phone calls right now. Oh eight nine one one oh four two oh eight. Give me a call in and tell me what you think about our topic and, and why can't we do away with mob justice? I want to hear those answers from you today uh, as we try to understand the problem and, and what is it we want the police to do? Is there something particularly that we can assist the police and, and form that relationship, uh, which is what Natim Tet was also asked us to do? Deline is in Cape Town. Hi. Dean, but uh, thanks. Hi, Dylan. Go ahead. No, Dylan, not Dylan. Oh, Dylan. Hi. Sorry, Dylan. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, apologies for that. No problem. You know, you know um, Benjamin Franklin said those who give up essential liberties to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Mm. And I think you know, a lot of the comments speaking about you know, this is a sense of frustration that's overflowing in communities. And I, and I, I, I concur. I think that there's a, there's a unilateral sort of sense of frustration. You know, we have uh, the Americans talk about certain rights that we hold as self-evident, and I, and I think we, we take that for granted. Um, there's this exchange in society, in the, especially in democratic societies, where we have to relinquish a couple of rights, personal liberties, personal freedoms, but there's supposed to be an exchange in exchange for things like you know, service delivery or safety and security. And I think when, when one's, at the, at one's core rights as a human being, the ability to protect one's property, the ability to protect oneself and the ability to be able to protect one's loved ones. When we when we outsource that and we delegate that to, for example, the criminal justice system or the police, and we feel as a society as a whole, if you ask anyone across the spectrum, cross culturally, demographics, how are you feeling in terms of safety, from your affluent down to the absolutely non-affluent, I think there's a general sense that we've we, we've, we've sacrificed the, our ability to protect ourselves. We've sacrificed our ability to be able to protect our property and our loved ones, but we, none of us really feel that that was a fair exchange because 
where often people protecting themselves are being held accountable a lot more stringently than criminal elements are. And I think that's where this unreasonable explosion mm. of, of, of sort of mob justice or this, this idea of this overcorrection is coming from. Dylan, what, what do you think about us demonizing those who commit these acts of mob justice? You know, we, we refer to them as, as barbaric and, and perhaps as racial undertones to why people say that I'm pretty as well. Sure they are. But, but, you know, we, we immediately say, well, look, this is barbaric, it's un, unsightly, it's horrific, it's vile, and the people who committed equally so. But, but have we really not understood that, you know, perhaps like you were saying, if we were put into the same situation, faced with that fear, uncertainty, anger and frustration, that we could perhaps resort to the same? Of course we would. Look at, look, look at uh, Hurricane Katrina. It doesn't take very much to reduce anyone, no matter how supposedly economically advantaged they may be. It doesn't take very much to reduce anyone to what we would call barbaric. Um, at the end of the day, I think the light, well, what we're doing is I think it's very unfair and what we're doing is we're forgetting that we're all human beings and we're, mm. we all have neurological impulses and our neurological impulses drive us to do certain, to behave in certain ways. Um, and you're right, you're 100% right. I think demonizing and, like you said, racial undertones. Um, and it's easy to sit in one's ivory tower and yet to want to call for gated communities because one's trying to do exactly the same thing. Um, but I do, I do think there's a lot of people jumping up and down and trying to sort of, yeah, in, in, sort of enjoy the segregation. What I find comfort in is the fact that there's a unilateral sense of frustration across mm. the country. Um, we're all sort of waiting for some... The only problem is we're still waiting. I personally feel that, you know, bl- like you say, blaming the police is not a great... It's not a solution. But starting out with, with where the deficiencies are, and let's be honest, if we're going to outsource our protection to someone and they're not protecting us, I don't think it's politically incorrect to say, well, then the police, quite frankly, what are you guys doing? Well, we want to ask the police, uh, Dylan, thank you very much for that cool. call. I appreciate that. We were hoping to get the police on the show. Uh, we did invite Nati Mtato and Zweli Nisi onto the program to talk about this. But I think Dylan raises a very important point, and I'd like to take this up uh, after our 8.30 news headlines. But this idea of us uh, uh, apparently thinking that the young, unemployed, angry people in Kutsung are somehow separate from us and demonizing those acts and then also I guess assuming that those within the police ranks are again separate from the greater society each of them are a microcosm of what we are the, the anger and frustration that we feel in society plays out in our schools plays out in our communities and plays out in the police so of course why should we think they're any different from the way that we act in society Dylan raising some very important points I will talk about that with our guests right after the, this uh, 8.30 news headlines with Babakshini Chetty 27 minutes to 9. Coming up, morning talk with Rowena Bird at 9 o'clock. Rowena, good morning. What are you talking about? Hello, Dash, and coming up on morning talk today, we talk politics and take a look at this past voter registration weekend ahead of the general elections next year. Now, this election is very significant, as we all know. It marks 20 years of our democracy. We'll talk to uh, two different commentators and analysts about the political climate in South Africa and if uh, the various parties are really talking to their electorate or are they talking past us. We'll then focus on government's efforts to eradicate malaria in South Africa by 2018. And truth here, Dasha, is that I did not even know that malaria existed in South Africa, but so we'll talk about that. On psychological matters, we'll talk about uh, test anxiety with many learners getting started with exams. We'll get tips on how to deal with the stresses associated with this time of the year and also find out more about what's been happening in Malamulele, where residents have been demanding their own municipality. That's the show for today.
Thanks so much, uh, Rowena Bird, coming up. We've been talking about mob justice not just occurring in Kutsung and the other areas around Johannesburg, but also deeply entrenched in Kailicha townships. There's been numbers that have soared in recent years. Uh, 2011, uh, it was talked about 78 murders in Kailicha due to mob justice. Uh, earlier this month, they talked about 18 that have happened this year alone. That's uh, in Kailicha. Uh, so we need to talk about uh, about this, and under the CSVR and, and the Centre of uh, the uh, Social Justice Coalition, saying it's largely fallen off the radar of media in Kutsung. At least we've been talking about it more recently, but Kailicha, the the situation largely falling out of favour out of the media. So we need to talk about mob justice and the normalisation of violence, which is what I think we need to talk about now. Joining me on the line to my guest, Simon Mapela from Kutsung Community Neighbourhood Watch, and Emmanuel Madavanyika, lecturer in criminology. And and criminal justice at Monash University. Gentlemen, one again, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thank you, sir. And I am hoping that uh, Natim Tetwa, the Minister of Police, does join us before the end of this discussion. Simon, if, if I can start with you once again, just, just explain. Yes. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to understand, d- does it continue now in Kutsung, following the, the, the fight against gangsterism? Are, are you going to continue that fight? No, in fact, we are not fighting. We are trying to get uh, we are trying to get a solution to get rid of this boys. But for now, in my where I'm staying now, ne, we are busy patrolling day and night. Ne. Are, are you patrol? Are, are you armed while you patrol? No, we are not armed. But uh, we have to defend ourselves in some ways because uh, sometimes we meet with the police and then explain to them that uh, we are busy working here. Because we don't need crime in our location because it's upgraded location. Kutsung South made a new one. Mm. Has, has it reduced crime? Has it reduced Sorry? crime? Ha, have the actions of last week Sunday, where six people were killed in Kutsung for allegedly their gang activities, ha, has that action and and now the the neighbourhood watch have have you reduced crime in Kutsung in any way? Yeah, it has been reduced because now. We maybe if we patrol, we don't get anything at night, starting those days, yeah, that Sunday. We don't get anything. It, it, it's just quiet yeah, because we have to be visible. Are, are the police so doing more? Know that we are patrolling. Sorry? Are, are the police doing more in Kutsung today than they were, uh, you know, previously? Uh, what I can say for now, Nesh, mostly these people, because this is Kutsung South and Kutsung, the main Kutsung, Nesh. The police are at the main kutu. You can't see them here. Here is, is maybe that one one van that is patrolling for sector three. We are in sector three. We don't have police here. It's just that one van. The majority of the police they are at the, the main kutu. Let's go to the lines, 0891-104-208. And if you'd like to send SMS, it's 34701. Email me at amlive at safm.co.za or find me on Twitter, amlive on SAFM. You can also find my Twitter hashtag, which is Darshan Moo. On uh, 0891-104-208, I've got Kaya in Hofmeyer. He wants to talk about mob justice, never addressing the problems. Kaya, good morning. Good morning, Tejan and your, and your girls. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. What would you like to tell us? Okay. No, Chief, I want to say the, 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 the word itself, mob justice, just explains a lot. You see, I've just heard from the news that this morning again another, another child has been killed in Deep Slot. Right. Now, you see, the problem with mob justice, when I tell you, without wasting your time, is that it, it does not have justice. It's a mob, but there is no justice there. 
because people will just hear that uh, I killed somebody or I stole somebody's car or something. Then they will come without them even investigating the matter. So I think the, the point that one of the guests was raising, that of making sure that you capacitate the police service, and make sure that structures like CPF, state committees, and sector policing are put into uh, as an important tool and mechanism to address crime in this country. Otherwise, with no justice, we are going nowhere except for a civil war. That would be my point, Tasha. Kaya, thank you very much. And I I guess what, what Kaya points out there, which is a very good point, is how do we know that those that we accuse in communities of being involved in gangs, how do we know for an absolute fact that they are involved? There's been no criminal justice process, there's been no investigation, no court of law that's had to look at this issue, except to look at the accusations that come from the community themselves. And if there's vested interest by those who are, are in positions of power in those communities who can make these allegations against those that they may have, for other reasons, made those accusations against, then we act as a community. We act in terms of what we think is mob justice, which is a complete contradiction in terms, as uh, Kaya points out there. Uh, Emmanuel, let's bring you in here because we want to talk about this normalization of violence and and how we as a society that's angry and and afraid uh, resorts to this frustration that Tulima Dinsela says, you know, if we start a fire, then we know they'll come to see us. Yes, well, mob justice just doesn't happen. Um, Initially, you have members of the public who first accept the authority of the law as it is, and over a period of time, um, there begins to be so- some lack of faith within that particular system. Now, um, I appreciate what Kaya has said here. Uh, you know, the terms mob justice are, are what we call an oxymoron, you know, mm. mob and justice. Some um, say American intelligence is another one. But well, but there we go. Yeah. Right. Now, the issue here being, but, you know, what is justice? Let's focus on, on that word, people's perception of justice. What is justice? That is it justice for someone who's known in a community or groups of individuals who are known in a community to be perpetrating allegedly specific crimes. The individuals are arrested and yet within 48 hours again because of criminal procedures and the Criminal Procedure Act, the individual may be released back into the community mm. um, you know, uh, due to he's been, uh, he's been afforded bail, uh, he's been given certain conditions, but members of the public do not understand that um, and usually that is not explained to, to them. Furthermore, uh, the, the general public, and mainly in these hotspots where, where a lot of this violence occurs across the country, do not relate to the criminal justice system and its procedures, and therefore do not accept now the authority of the courts and the police. Now, not because they are lawless individuals at heart, um, i.e. these people who partake in these mob justice um, procedures, but because the system as it is, does not serve the interests of the communities. It does not um, lead to a satisfactory resolution of the problem of crime within the respective uh, communities. Um, again, this back dates to colonialism, back uh, after that apartheid, not so much apartheid, but more to do with colonialism, where we have an, adopt, an adopted legal system, uh, which generally the indigenous peoples of South Africa um, cannot relate to. Right, they cannot identify mm. with it. It's a lot of Roman Dutch law, common law, Roman doctrines and principles. The language is different, uh, mainly English and Afrikaans. Um, a lot of Latin maxims, mutatus mutandis, extirpi causa, actus reus, mens rea, um, you know, and the popular one doing the rounds these days, the uh, sub judicare, you know, all, mm. all, all those words. People do not 
appreciate and understand what all that is. They do not relate to that particular system. Uh, South Africans do not see their own values uh, represented in the legal system. And this is where mob justice comes into play there. It's almost like a resistance to the current system uh, that we have, that the long and short of it is that we... I think what people are calling for is some form of transformation to have a system that is representative of the values and even cultures to an extent of the majority of the people, which the current system does not do. Zaki Ahmed, uh, as I said earlier on, said you know, the, the DNA of the police force hasn't changed. You, you talked about the apartheid police and, and how necklacing came up in communities uh, that were, uh, were choosing to identify those who they thought of as accomplices of, of the apartheid regime and taking this violent action of, of necklacing against them. And he was saying, well, look, the police haven't really changed. Those apartheid police have, have remained within the police force. Yes, the, the white lieutenants and, and managers, so to speak, of the apartheid police have, have left. But now we have uh, the, the, the racial makeup of, of the police has changed. But those who are taking effective policing action has not. It's almost like an animal farm situation where you've taken out the old, the old order and a new order is in, but have simply continued the old system. Well, this is what Tuli Madansela was saying, and, and you know, she made a very interesting point, saying if we start a fire, they will come. And then she went on to making a very political sort of statement, saying, well, this is really because of a loss of institutional memory within organs of the state, like in the police. For me, it boils down to the laws in South Africa, criminal laws especially, in fact, generally many laws in South Africa, the criminal justice system lacking legitimacy before the eyes of, of, of the people. And, and is that police service brutal and corrupt? Simon, t- tell us in, in your community in Kutsung, how, how do the police act? When they act, are they, respons- are they acting responsibly or are they acting brutally and violently? No, these police, they are very colorful. If, if I can tell you about the apartheid police, mm-hmm. they were not this. Uh, well, these gangsters, all those things, they were not uh, around here. Now, these police are very soft. They can't come to you and say, I'm going to arrest you, or this is a warrant of arrest. And they see this, this person is very aggressive or he's fighting. They can't handle those boys because what makes us angry is this, those, those police, they, when they were a funeral of those boys, because they used to kill them each other, eh? They were escorting those boys with weapons in front of the community or everybody you can see. They don't ask you because you can't let anyone uh, walk free with a, with a weapon. Mm-hmm. I like what these police are doing now. Those, they, they call Maberek, you know? mm-hmm. those police. Simon, what- I like them because... Yeah, sorry. I, I want to ask you, so what, what happens when the police see these acts of, of mob justice? Do they stand by and watch or do they get involved? No, they, they get involved after, after, after an action because most of the time, these police, they are this side, man. the action happens that other side, you see. Now they can't do anything. Uh, do, they, do you think the police in Kutsung condone the actions of the community when they commit acts of mob justice? No, they don't like it because but some, somehow I can say we are making their job easy. This one of mob justice, ne, that was not our intention to ban and kill. Ne. Mm. It's just to put these boys under control. Because now, you, you know, if there's a, a mob of people, ne, we are not the same. 
maybe if you want to do this in the right way, because most of the time we catch these boys and give them to the police. Tomorrow you see them outside again. That makes that make us angry, that one. Sunday. You don't spend even maybe two days or any, maybe five days or whatever. They just release them again tomorrow, the same morning. And I'm sure that's frustrating for the police as well in the area, which is perhaps why you're saying some of the police actions themselves, they don't, uh, they're yeah. almost condoning what you're doing. And let's go to the lines then, 891 in Johannesburg. Our justice system needs work, you say, Mzwandile? Yes, good morning, Dijan. Good morning. I think first and foremost, one of the things that we need to look at is that we need to be very, very, very careful that we, we don't end up becoming a failed state. And that will be caused by the justice system. If you look at most of the things that are happening, they, as, as the gentleman said, uh, it's a bit that I didn't get his name when he was talking about the, the system that we are using. We are using the Anglo-Dutch uh, system. And that's the thing people don't understand it. And also if you look at, at how the... the the sentences are being meted out. You can you can tell that they, they are very 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 much unfair, and uh, people resort to mob justice once they realize that uh, that system doesn't work for us. We need to to create our own system. And I feel pity for for for, for the for the brother of of of, of the of the late, well, because I understand that some of their houses were burnt and stuff like that. Yes. But also it depends with the family. Once you start seeing something wrong, we, we need to be fair as a family and especially the mothers. That once you start seeing your your son or your child going astray, call the police because this is what will end up happening. I was involved in another case whereby a young boy I knew that I used to help, I broke into my business whilst I had the business. I went to the parents. The, the, the mother said, no, it can't be him. You know, it can't be him. What happened? He ran away. He came back six months later. He committed a, a more grievous uh, a, 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 a crime. He was arrested. He's saving life imprisonment. I went to the parents and said and to the parents, look, if you were fair enough, you allowed me to take the, your boy to, 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 to the police station, probably was going to be sentenced for almost like six months and something like that. He was going to learn something. Now he will be out for, for, for the rest of his life. I'm Zwandila. Thank you very much for your call. We've got an anonymous caller from Kutsung. Anonymous, good morning. Morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm okay. You see, what happened in Kutsung, it's very painful. Because when you look at the issue in question, the very same uh, community who part- partake in, in, in the cleanup campaign, some of them are also criminals, are involved in criminal activities. Like, for instance, I watched the news yesterday. I could barely see uh, many of them who also are selling Daha uh, uh, around the community. They were also there. Now you're asking yourself, what type of community are we? And when we classify uh, gangsters with other criminal activities, but we call only the gangsters criminals, but the others who are committing uh, uh, act of criminology. Mm-hmm. They are not, uh, justice is not actually uh, prevailing on their side. So it is quite disturbing. And the last point, you see, <coughs> the, the issue of Kutung, it, it, the, the, it, 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 uh, it, uh, there's no activities like sports, uh, the, the municipality, uh, people are not taking responsibility. The department that is responsible for that, are not taking responsibility to 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 promote sports to 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 engage communities. Now that's what is actually happening in Kuto. So 
it's a, it's a problem. And the things mm. are happening in front of other generation, the small generation. Absolutely, anonymous. That's a that's a great point. What what are we teaching? our children about how we deal with violence in our society again this is about normalizing violence when we when we when acts for uh, when we call on the police to be more militarized and use deadly force are we teaching our society to be more and more violent in the way they respond to violence as well uh, brigadier neville malila is going to be joining me the Gauteng police spokesperson is on the line to respond to some of these questions as we have been asking a number about uh, how our police do respond but i want to take uh, robin's call not robin calling from nelspray uh, Robin, good morning. Good morning, and, and good morning to your guests. Um, there's some very interesting comments being made. One of the things I'd like to bring up is the fact that uh, a mob is a living organism that does not react reaction, rationally, and uh, people in a mob will, will react uh, totally against their, their, their norms and their principles and their ethics, etc., because they are in, a, in a, a mob, and a mob will form when people, uh, more rapidly, when people are, are, are distressed or angry, etc., so the, the, the sort of critical mass gets smaller and smaller as the general anger comes on. Mm. And you will find, I think, that people who, who uh, have participated in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in mob justice murders uh, think about it later and, and wonder just what, what, uh, what actually happened to them that made them do that. Uh, and I think that the, the, the other issue that... that um, has already been brought up and, and very seriously so is that, that people don't have uh, any form of, of mental relaxation that the, the anger is there and it simmers uh, 24 hours. Robin, thank you for your call there. Robin in Nell Sprays. Let's go to the police then. Brigadier Neville Malila joining me on the line. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Look, we've been talking quite a bit, and I'm not sure how much you've, you've heard of, our, of the, the beginning of our discussion, but there, there have been some accusations against the police, and, and, and not many of them new ones. So the lack of education and training on how the Child Justice Act works, for example, so that you can lock up those who are offenders under 18 years old and not just simply release them back into the community. Questions about inefficient policing, weak policing, uh, not responding with appropriate force, and, and then, of course, concerns that the police, when they do respond, are, are brutal and sometimes corrupt and subject to our own bribery. Uh, your reaction and thoughts, if, if you have any at this stage? Session, I didn't listen to the, um, to, to the whole conversation. Um, I, basically, um, I basically just had a call early on. Uh, but I think the two, the two last callers spoke about the whole issue of, um, of, mob, of, of mob justice. Yes. And um, I think if we take, for instance, the Kutsong, uh, the Kutsong as, as, um, as an example, yes, I think that is um, ultimately what you, uh, what you used as, your, uh, as the example this morning. Well, we, and uh, we can't forget about Kailicha. Although Kutsung is taking our attention, we, we, you know, we've sort of forgotten about Kailicha as a problem as well. But I know you speak more in terms of Gauteng, so let, let's talk about Kutsung. Yeah. yeah. Um, listening also yesterday to, to when the minister was out, uh, out in Kutsung, I think the, the, the one caller indicated that um, there are other issues also. I know that um, some, of the, some of the accusations and some of the blame, um, people attribute that um, to ultimately, as you've indicated, in, inefficient policing, um, policing not responding um, appropriately, um, brutality and, and corruption. But um, there, there are other issues, and, and those issues are, for instance, with it, and it came out clearly yesterday, the fact that, um, that there isn't other amenities. There's no, there's no sporting facilities. Um, there's no, um, there's no places where, where the kids, uh, where the kids can play. But uh, when it comes ultimately to, to, to policing, you know, 
we respond appropriately and we and we have the necessary forces to respond ultimately to complaints and from the side of communities. We also have, um, you know, with, uh, with community policing, we have the structures in terms of your community policing forum. And um, the, those are the structures that, uh, that basically bring in policing closer, um, closer to the community. And um, listening yesterday to, um, to the communities of Kotsong, where they've indicated that um, they, have these, they have these structures in place. And um, at times they feel, for instance, the criminal justice system is not um, is not assisting them. They they are raised on the side of the police uh, when when they're making these complaints. And some of the complaints were, instance, for instance, the use of drugs, the use of nyaupe. But um, they, they they feel that um, the whole criminal justice system is not um, is not assisting them. They see, for instance, these um, these, these young violators out um, on the streets in. Um, for instance, the next day, or very soon after that. But um, you, you, you just spoke about the Child, um, the Child Justice Act. Mm-hmm. Um, we had in, interesting yesterday in our in our pre-discussion. We had Minister Jeff uh, Jeff Haneba there, and um, there were a few issues any day. For instance, to, to to some of the municipal managers and um, to, to some of the structures, he gave um, the, the the number of the chief justice, and he said some of these complaints also because that were the complaints that came from uh, from community side need to be elevated to um, to the office of the chief chief justice so that they can see how they can um, uh, can assist. But all the, the the issues cannot really be attributed to the doors of the um, of. Um, well, we completely agree with you because I think what we've had a discussion about how this is simply endemic of, of the greater problems in society at large. The young unemployed youths in, in Kutsung and Kailicha committing these acts of, of violence in the community, all the way to the corruption and, and the inefficiency that we see in the police service, all of them are members of our, of our society at large. So we can't yeah. simply exclude ourselves from the police, exclude ourselves from even what's happening in education with the violence that we see of young people committing against uh, against teachers, this is all uh, aspects of, of our one society and the normalization of violence. We don't have a lot of time left, so uh, Neville, I'm, I'm going to ask you to hold on and, and, and think about a closing thought that you can like to leave us with. And, and I'd like to take to the discussion here, and, and you mentioned it in part about a dialogue with the police and how we can work better with the police. Uh, Johnny Steinberg's article a little while ago, I, I hope, gentlemen, you have read it, he was saying to us, we need to better understand the situation and that rhetoric of simply saying, well, the police are inefficient and they're no better than the apartheid police doesn't help us understand the problem. What is it that we want the police to do? And if we tell the police what we want them to do, they can then do their job more effectively. So I'd like to take the discussion there with, with, with my guest. Uh, Emmanuel, I, I, I'm going to get to you, but Simon, in, uh, Simon Maipelo Kutsung Community Neighborhood Watch, what would you like the police to do? Would, do you want them patrolling the streets every single day? Yes, that I uh, would like that the police to do that. You can help them because we don't have a problem to help the police, né? so that we can keep crime in a level ground. If they are patrolling each and every day, they suspect you. They have to search you because they got the right to search you. Yeah. Mm. Now you see, you see, now we are taking the hands into our the law into our own hands because we are busy searching people instead of the police doing the, their job. You can't pass a person that you suspect and pass, just pass and maybe you see a group, you just pass as a police. Because that's your duty to go and make sure that uh, those people, they don't have dangerous weapons or, or whatever, those Zaha, Nyaupe, all those things. Emmanuel, if they, are, they need our, if they need our help, we can help them. They have to do their job searching people. If 
no matter who is that person or whatever, so that we can be safe and live in peace in Kutsung. We hear you, Simon, and hopefully uh, the community members of Kutsung are also prepared to, to assist the police. And uh, Neville Malila are going to be responding to that shortly. Emmanuel, something that was suggested by, by Johnny Steinberg, and I referred to it, he said, not only do we need to ask what, what is it that we want the police to do, maybe the police shouldn't be out there patrolling every day in our communities. Maybe they should only be there when we call them. They're there at our behest. We shouldn't have them just out involved in gang violence, involved in, 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 in perhaps soliciting bribes from motorists, we should only have them out when we call them to respond. The role of police in society is to maintain law and order and safety. That's in general. Now, we as individuals, as individual members of the public, also have a responsibility in ensuring our own safety, um, apart from just simply using the police all, all the time. Of course, government has a role to identify certain areas which are trouble areas and allocate the necessary resources um, to those particular areas, and especially more police in certain areas compared to others. There are certain communities that can afford private uh, police, so, such as your, um, your private security companies, gated communities, etc. Right? There you'd obviously allocate less resources because most people are able to look after themselves there. But where mm. you have vulnerable members of the community, certainly uh, you should. And obviously depending on the social temperature, climate of crime in mm. the particular area, that is how you allocate those resources. But, but again, I, I say it's not only about police, it's about reforming the entire criminal justice system from police and the courts, and to a lesser extent, your rehabilitation structures in the prisons. Brigadier Neville Malila, we've already exhausted all the time for the show, but I do want to give you a chance to respond about this greater dialogue that we can have, and, and any of your closing thoughts. No, I agree that we need to have a greater dialogue. And they need to be close to working relationship ultimately between the community and the police. And, uh, you know, in Gauteng and all over, we basically have sector policing in place. And the idea of the sector policing is ultimately to bring policing closer to the communities so that you have uh, police officers closer, uh, closer to you. We also, we also need to engage that dialogue in the, in, in the CPS and other structures as the neighborhood was member uh, rightfully has indicated. Policing ultimately cannot be done by the police alone. We need to, we, we need the community Brigadier Neville Malila Gauteng Police Spokesperson. Thanks for your time. That's where we end the show. Thank you so much for our team for putting it together. And uh, to my two other guests, Emmanuel Maravanyeka and Simon Mapello from Kutsung. Thank you for joining us. We're back again tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m. Next up, here's your news.